Hey everyone, C-Note here, and welcome to Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX, the show that is uh, asking the. Qu- I don't what I don't have a tagline yet. Ugh. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna jump in. You know, we're talking all type, all about typology, leveling up your understanding of typology. I don't know something like that. Uh, today on the show, we're answering more questions from our good friend Naomi, who has um, been a INFJ course member and. Um, She's just gone through the course, so she talked about that experience a little bit, and then shares a couple of questions that she has, questions that she has, and uh, I answer those questions. We listen to her questions. I answer them, and um, this is also the first episode that I'm posting onto YouTube, so you can look for our YouTube channel. Just search for Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX, and you can subscribe there. It's going to be the same content here. Uh, I might do something different with YouTube as we go forward, but for now, it's just like another distribution platform until I can figure out what else I want to do. So we're going to talk about INFJs and the intrusive nature of INFJs when they're trying to connect with people. I think those are important questions to answer. So we're going to do that today on Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. Let's go. Okay. Hey everyone, C-Note here, and welcome to Super Myers Breaks to Row EX. This is the first episode that I'm actually recording on YouTube as well, for YouTube as well. So you can watch the video version, just look up Super Myers Briggs Turbo EX on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, there's an audio version at anchor.fm slash super MBTI. All of this is in service of my Byers Briggs courses, which is super MBTI.training. And if you go there, there's a free course for Myers-Briggs understanding so you can kind of get caught up on the basics of Myers-Briggs, all about intuitive versus sensing, thinking versus feeling, introvert versus extrovert. We talk about the myth of ambiverts and there's just so much within that free course. So go check that out. Um, So today I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, answer some questions really from one of our Um, actually, before I say that there is a, uh, if you go back into the previous episodes at anchor.fm slash super MBTI, I answered some questions on previous episodes and previous episodes exist there. So if you want to hear things earlier than what you see here, um, definitely go there and check that out. So today I, uh, am going to answer some questions from Naomi, who is one of our course, um, uh, purchasers members, course members, that's the word course members. Um, and she went through the INFJ course and has a couple of questions to ask. So we're just going to kind of go through these. Um, I'm going to play these, uh, now I'm just going to cut it. I'll play them and then we'll answer the questions. Hey, how's it going? Um, I just am currently finishing the INFJ course that you have put out and um, I am just having such an amazing time um, learning about myself. Um, I'm also learning a lot of things uh, that I maybe sort of knew about myself in terms of like the negative aspects of the INFJ or the areas that, you know, they need to work on. Um, I've been aware of this maybe subconsciously more than anything and so i think that this course have de- has definitely brought to light um a lot of areas that i need to work on and a lot of things that i have to improve on 
Um, so yeah, um, that leaves me with a couple of questions. My first question is, how can I approach wanting to connect with others without seeming overly intrusive? As an INFJ, I really, really, truly enjoy connecting with others on a deeper, authentic level. And sometimes I know I can come off kind of pushy or maybe it seems a little intrusive because I get really excited when, you know, I start to get deeper in conversation with people and I start to learn a little bit more about their inner workings um, and the way they feel. So, yeah, I just really wanted to know how I can really connect with someone in a meaningful way um, without seeming, you know, way too pushy. Um, and also without seeming inauthentic because, um, truly I'm trying to connect on an authentic level, but I think sometimes when, you know, a person wants to just jump into all of the really deep type of conversations, um, some people can kind of be a little cautious about that and kind of question what your motives are. So yeah, thank you. And I have one more really specific question. And that would be, how can I connect with people on a more three-dimensional level? So I have a lot of INFPs and a lot of ISFPs in my family. And although I feel really close to them um, and that they can respect my introverted side, um, I really have always felt like I wasn't able to quite get to that 3D level of connection with them. So um, any pointers would be awesome. Thank you so much and have an awesome day. All right. So she finished the INFK, uh, INFJ course, which thank you so much, Naomi, for doing that. Really appreciate you. Um, uh, it's this is this is what helps me pay the bills. So please, if you are interested in any of the courses, please purchase them. But uh, I'm also available here on YouTube to answer questions and on Twitter to uh, talk and answer questions as well at Super MBTI on Twitter. So she asks uh, basically three questions. So uh, number one is how can I connect with others without being intrusive? And as an INFJ, connecting with others without being intrusive is all about small talk. It's all about getting used to using small talk as a tool, as a skill. And small talk involves opening up as well. And I think a lot of INFJs miss the point about extroverted feeling, which is their secondary function. It, it's about including yourself. And INFJs, because they can feel pretty much distanced from reality in, in, in some ways because of the way that their brain works they have to remember that they are a part of reality, that they are a part of the harmony they're trying to connect, create, that they are a pivotal part of the connection point to someone. It is not about just someone revealing everything about themselves. It is about you being open about yourself as well and being willing to get to that place, right? And I think some INFJs would say like, yeah, I wanna to get to that place. I wanna get deep emotionally right away. And really it's not about a jump off a cliff. It is more about a spelunking. It is a slow dive down a cliff with your partner, with the person you're speaking to in order to feel safe with each other and making sure that you can go to a place together that you can trust one another while you're going to these deep places, right? And sometimes it can be exhausting to work through small talk, but again, it is a skill. It is something that you can actually develop. So it's not something that you are an inept at. Some people are going to have um, different preferences for the way that they use small talk. They're gonna wanna talk about day-to-day -day stuff. And some people are not going to wanna get to that deep place. 
And it's about learning who is willing to and who isn't and respecting that. Because again, you being intrusive and wanting to get to the point, getting to a deep place is going to alienate some people or it's going to make you seem intrusive or toxic to them, right? Because they're just not ready to do that. Truth is, most people are wanting to get to a place where they can be honest, but they have to know just as much as you have to know that you are the person that they can trust, right? And uh, it's going to be pivotal for you to be able to use that small talk as a barometer, as a testing point, as a way for you to connect with people to to really know who is real and who isn't and, and who is willing to have a conversation. Because I find that, you know, INFJs want people to be real, but without revealing who you are, you're not being real. <laughs> so it's really interesting how that works, right? So an INFJ has to be willing to share as much about yourself as you want others to share about themselves. So if you want to get to a point of connection, you have to learn how to drive the conversation in that direction. You can't expect people to be like you and immediately want to go to a deep, dark place, right? And talk about intensely serious, philosophical, important questions about reality and the way the brain works and things like that. I know those are things that excite you and I know small talk is the worst, but it's important. It's a tool. It's a tuning fork. And it's going to be in service of getting you those deeper connections with the right people at the right time more often. So developing those skills, you know, even asking a simple question, like what's your story versus like, you know, what's the weather like, right? Cause like, I think, I think a lot of the problem that happens with small talk is like, we just don't know what to do, right? You don't have the skills. You don't know what it is that you need to say in order to get someone to a deep conversation that you want to. And part of it is listening right? And being aware of the talking points, the places that you can get to in order to navigate someone to the place you want to get to, right? And letting go of the idealism of where that conversation should go. Because sometimes an INFJ will have an idealism about the way that they want someone to speak to them or the things that they want to talk about. Like you want someone to talk about the things that you want to talk about, but you have to be malleable. You have to adjust to what the conversation is as opposed to what you want the conversation to be. And that can create a disconnect as well if you're so focused on the idealism and perfectionism of getting to this deep, meaningful, aha conversation with someone and expecting them to be the deep be all end all philosophical person that you will connect with for the rest of your life. Like that's just not as likely to happen and it's not becoming uh, disappointed by reality essentially. So uh, the next question she asked was about connecting without seeming inauthentic. And again, I think that's about being who you are and being, being willing to share who you are. I had a conversation with an INFJ the other night, actually, where we were talking a little bit about, um, Myers-Briggs stuff. And I was starting to share a little bit about the INFJ experience. And I could tell that I was getting to a place where she was just like, Oh my God, that's me because she was getting physically embarrassed. She was just like kind of looking around because she's not willing or as open about who she is and what she experiences openly and publicly. And that's indicative of an INFJ experience. They're not very comfortable expressing their own emotional states. Extroverted feeling, again, is about their feelings in relation to other people's feelings, right? They almost determine their emotional state based on everyone else's emotional state. Very rarely is it about how you feel inside. So what can really happen there is 
being authentic about the way that you, the ideas that you have, the intuition that you have, the things that you're thinking about, the ideas that you're, you're working on and bring that authenticity into the harmonious situation that you're trying to create with the community that you have, right? So it's about understanding your community, testing who they are and, you know, testing those boundaries, etc. but also bringing your own unique personality into it and not just being a yes man to your community, not just saying, yep, yeah, let's make sure everyone's happy. Let's not conflict at all. And honestly, extroverted feeling when it's most effective helps people work through conflict, not avoid conflict. So being able to work through that conflict is going to be an asset, a major tool for an INFJ to be able to build those correct connections and be able to be their authentic self. Because a lot of the times an INFJ likely has a response to something. They have something they need to get off their chest, but they might not say so because either they're being introverted and quiet or they don't want to stir the pot and make anyone upset. And your willingness to make someone upset, you know, because you need to work through conflict. And again, it's not about pointing fingers at anyone or um, being toxic in any kind of way, but being honest about what you want. Right. If someone uh, in a seemingly innocuous situation says like, hey, I can only go to the movies at 730, but you have an appointment that you have to get to. So, you know, for you to be able to go to that, you would have to cancel your appointment. Um, but, you know, in one instance, you could cancel your appointment and be upset at your friend and hold resentment and go to the movies anyway because you want to make the social commitment. Or you can tell them, hey, this is not going to work for me. I'm sorry. Can we find another day? Can we find another time? Or you know what? It's cool. If you guys just want to go to the movies without me, it's not a big deal. Um, you know, and but either way, you have to address your needs along with the community. So again, it's about addressing and including yourself in the community and your needs. And that is what's going to help you as an INFJ be able to be more authentic with people because it's about including yourself as well and not just giving in to what everyone else wants. And then the last one is specifically connecting with INFPs and ISFPs. So, um, because she has a lot of ISFPs and INFPs in her community and that again brings kind of an interesting challenge of extroverted feeling versus introverted feeling, right? ISFPs and INFPs are going to be leading with introverted feeling, which is all about authenticity and INFJs can appear inauthentic if they are worrying so much about what the community wants and just, just giving in to what the community wants, right? Which is the opposite of introverted feeling, which is all about your personal authenticity, your morals, your consciousness, your sense of authenticity, being a good person, being who you are and, you know, relying on your emotional state to make decisions, not other people's. So that is a balance of making sure that you are respecting the other person's needs and not just trying to get them to conform to what the re the rest of the community wants. Right. And I think that can be a challenge because again, if you are an INFJ who is not comfortable working through conflict, you might be someone that is going to tell an FI type, an INFP or an ISFP to not be themselves as much. You might subconsciously be telling them to to fit in a little bit more or fit in better. And I think the best thing that you can do as an INFJ is to show affirmations to the INFPs and ISFPs about who they are as a person, their moral consciousness, um, being themselves, their individuality, they're going to love that. And if you are trying to, um, 
push them into a community situation and they don't want to be, then they may resent you for that. So, you know, understanding that they are a part of your community and who you are as a person because they are who they are, not because they are like everyone else. Right. So INFPs and ISFPs are going to appreciate that. And then there comes like the difference between the two a little bit. INFPs are probably going to follow along a little bit more with bigger picture questions, philosophical stuff, and um, talk from their own personal experiences and understanding that they have their own subjective um, perspective on the emotional states in relation to intuition. Whereas an INFJ is going to have a very strong internal intuition and they're going to be playing with a lot of stuff, but INFPs are going to be a lot more positive than an INFJ might be in terms of like playfulness because extroverted intuition is about playfulness and introverted intuition is also about optimism about the future, but it's a little more singular. So being willing to keep up with an INFP's, you know, bouncing aroundness when they're in their extroverted intuition state is going to be pretty important and respecting that. And it really applies to any personality type, right? Respecting who they are for their individuality. And that includes someone who values community, who values systems, extroverted thinkers and extroverted feelers, and realizing that this is who they are and you need to respect who they are and not try to make them conform to who you want them to be, right? So again, it's that mix of INFJ idealism with the extroverted feeling and making sure that you're not trying to, you know, you're respecting what is as opposed to what you would like everything to be, right? And for ISFPs, they're going to be a little bit more small talky. So ISFPs will probably be a really good place for you to try to learn the, that small talk, right? Learn about what they value and talk about grounded things. Um, they're going to be a really good place for you to develop your extroverted sensing which is your inferior function. And again, don't rely on it too much. Like it's in your inferior function for a reason, but um, they're gonna help you both understand empathy a little bit better because extroverted feeling is not necessarily empathy. Introverted feeling is a little bit more empathy than extroverted feeling is. Introverted feeling is about your emotional state, having a deep connection to your emotions. And extroverted feeling is about, you know, community and other people's emotional states and how that relates to you, right? So NI plus FE, the, way, the two main functions for uh, an INFJ, those two can together can kind of feel like almost like a manufactured empathy because of the introverted intuition with like the way the brain wiring works mixed with the extroverted feeling kind of feels like empathy, but it's not quite there. It's almost there. You're going to understand brain wiring and, and all of that stuff, but you still have to check it against community. So you can't necessarily assume someone's emotional state. You should always connect and check with them. So I think ISFPs are going to be a great place for you to actually literally ask, like, what are you feeling right now? Um, you know, what are you feeling about this? Like, you know, what, how do you feel about your job? How do you feel about, you know, things going on in your life? You know, so really the way that you connect emotionally with ISFPs versus INFPs is going to be all about the different types of conversations. Again, it's not that sensors can't have intuitive conversations and intuitives can't have sensor conversations, but it's going to depend on the, um, you know, the, the amount of time 
that someone can put into that without crashing in any kind of way, right? So um, hopefully all of that was helpful. If there are any other questions that spur from any of that, feel free to hit me up here, hit me up with a comment um, on this video, or you can uh, hit me up at anchor.fm slash super MBTI and leave a voice message on Anchor. I'm happy to answer as many questions about this as possible. I do have a free training at supermbti.training. And um, so go sign up for that. And um, you know, you'll get on the email list and all that fun stuff. There's also a paid advanced course and there's, I'm going to be doing individual type courses as well, but just because I sell courses doesn't mean I'm not available to you. So the point is like, I'm available on Twitter at any time to ask questions. Same thing with this podcast. Really the courses are for sale because they are organized pieces of content for you to be able to go through at your pace whenever you want to. And um, you know, and I got to pay the bills. So I'm just being blunt about that. Right. So um, you know, and they're very low cost. The INFJ course is $25. The, I believe the advanced MBTI course is either 49 or $97, not positive on that. I have to double check that, but, um, either way, you know, it's worth more than enough. <laughs> so it's cheaper than a lot of courses out there and it goes through a lot more detail. It's an odd, it's an audio, um, they're audio courses. So you can listen to them, uh, while you're working and doing other things. So that's really why I don't want you to, you don't have to watch my face just sitting here and talking, right? I'm doing this for YouTube because people are cool with it. We're just kind of sitting and having a conversation, but, um, for the most part, when it comes to like a course and stuff, usually people want to listen to it while they're doing other things. So that's why it's just an audio course. So again, super MBTI training. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for being a part of this. This podcast has been growing pretty quickly. So thank you so much for being a part of it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please leave a rating or review wherever you're listening to this and um, leave some love. If you're listening on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, thumbs up, all that good stuff. If you liked this, um, what does what Dave 2D says? He says, thumbs if you liked it, subs if you loved it. I love that. That's good. I might steal that. <laughs> I'll probably find my own version of that. But, you know, take care of yourselves and each other. If you're not INFJ, let me know if this helped you a lot. And um, that's it. So I'll talk to you guys next time on Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. Later. thanks for listening to super myers-briggs turbo ex we're going to help you with myers-briggs and all that fun stuff and uh, if you want to jump straight into the advanced course go to super mbti.training you want to check out my other shows go to dopamine.life for mental my mental health podcast and you can go to cnote.show to check out the media podcast so if you love this show go to anchor.fm slash super mbti and leave some love leave a review share it with your friends all that good stuff and uh most of all, thank you. Thank you for listening to Super Myers-Briggs Turbo EX. Yeah.